Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back, <clears throat> maybe 20 years. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. They need you, but they can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I'm so grateful you're here. This week we are talking about the dun 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 inevitable spam filter. We work really hard to write our emails and to get them in front of the people uh, that we want to see them and that have signed up for our list. And then we are foiled by the spam filter. Uh, the latest research that I read shows 16% of emails never make it, to, make it to the inbox and that number is ever growing because they are stuck in the spam promotions or trash folders. And um, Google and other e email service providers put emails that are potential spam into those folders for a better user experience, which is why they're cracking down, especially after COVID and so many people have turned to email marketing on uh, the amount of spam that people get in their inbox. So this episode is designed to help you steer clear of that folder. And um, we're focusing, this is part one of a two part series. So this part one is focused on headlines. And there are a lot of different headlines that uh, will trigger the spam filter. And so I wanna give you some tips about creating headlines so that you avoid those triggers. And then also I have a bonus tip at the end um, for emails in general. So stay tuned till the end because you won't wanna miss that one. It's a, it's a simple but good tip. And um, we're gonna dive right in. So we, um, as consumers get about 192 emails per day on average. And that's according to a, a sales study that I've mentioned previously on this podcast. I think it was SRC sales um, group or something did a study on um, email, just email metrics in general and sales metrics in general. And I thought it was really interesting that there was such a large percentage of emails that never make it into the, the inbox or in front of the eyeballs of the people that we need to see them. And a lot of times when you're sending email, you aren't even aware <laughs> that your people aren't seeing it until later, until somebody says, hey, go look at your numbers and see where things are. And then you almost have to reach out to your subscribers and say, hey, uh, did you see this email? Or if you have a friend on your list? And if they didn't, then you gotta track down where it is. So. In order to avoid that altogether, um, I created this two-part series. And so this one is focused on headlines and the next one is gonna be focused on all of the tech pieces um, that you can make sure that are in alignment. So make sure you stay tuned um, for next week because that is part two of the series and you won't wanna miss the tech tips um, that are gonna keep you out of the spam inbox as well. So let's dive in. Um, the number one tip that I have for you is to avoid 
trigger words in your headline. Now, you probably have figured out on your own, but I'm going to reiterate it for people that are new to email marketing or that maybe are struggling with their headlines. But if you don't have a compelling headline, people are not going to open your email. And then all of your effort is for naught. No one reading your email means you're spending time and energy creating an email that nobody sees. And worse, if they start to not open your emails after a while, because the headlines are not compelling or engaging, then you will automatically go to spam. Because how many times have you gone through your inbox and just swiped left to delete uh, an email because you keep getting them in your inbox and you either don't have time or you're not interested anymore or they're emailing too often. And so when we think about our own email marketing, we want to really focus on creating a headline that is interesting. It stands out in the inbox. It's compelling and, and uh, cr- opens a story loop that they want to get the answer to um, so that we can get them to take that initial click because if they never click on it, we don't have any hope of converting them over to purchasing from us. And so when I say avoid spam trigger words, there are a lot of words out there that marketers have sales, sales teams and marketers. I'm going to group those people together, um, have bastardized, (laughs) have bastardized the words. There's no nice way to say it. And they've ruined it for the rest of us that are trying to operate in integrity. And unfortunately, because they have overused those words or used words in a spammy way, the spam filters now pick those up. And even if there is no mal, you know, mal or um, poor intention behind your use of that word, um, because it's been overused by the sales and marketing industry, it's now filtered immediately for spam. So let's go through, I have a few of those um, words or um, pieces. I didn't go into specific words and I'll tell you about why in just a second, so stick with me. But there are things that will trigger the spam filter for sure. One is using all caps. Um, One is using a lot of numbers like earn a million dollars. So if you have 1 million spelled out, it's gonna trigger the spam filter. Um, when you put a short code together, like a text code, like the number four and the letter U, that'll trigger it um, because poor marketers are also lazy. (laughs) So um, because of their laziness, a lot of those text terms, they'll use those in headlines and so now they've been banned. Um, So LOL, uh, in your, you know, any of the text terms that you, can think of that are pretty well known, I would just I would just steer away from those just spell it out and and shorten it in other ways. Um, Anytime you use the word sales, um, increase sales, get more sales, all of those things, you're going to go to spam. Um, Inside, like if you use the word inside, because so many people have used terminology like get your free coupon inside or get your free deal inside or inside is your limited time offer or whatever that is. So the word inside is another one earn, because I'm sure you've seen a million emails yourself in your inbox about how you can earn a million dollars in one day. And so anytime you have earn in there, it's another trigger. And it doesn't mean you can never use these, but I just, I err on the side of being more cautious than not cautious. 
Um, and you don't definitely don't want to overuse them. Another one is money making, same reason. Um, and then double your, so those are just a few. So double your income, double your sales, double your network, double your email list, all of those things. You don't want to use double your, just because it's one of those things that the spam gods have said, mm-mm. So there are a ton of words to use sparingly or avoid. And so to make it easy for you, I've put together a resource of 350 common words to avoid that trigger the spam filter. And you can go grab your copy of that at elisaconnor.com forward slash 350 words, all one word numbers three, five, zero words, and it's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com. And so head on over there and grab that. And what I did is I just printed it out. And when I go to write my headlines, I just, it's in alphabetical order, (laughs) handy. Um, I just sweep through it and make sure that I haven't used that word. And then if I have, I try to come up with a different word um, that represents the same thing, but doesn't make my headline longer. So you will have to play with it for a little bit. Um, But knowing and getting an idea and a grasp of what those words are helps you avoid them upfront. And um, you can choose alternative words or a different way to say it. Um, And sometimes when we're forced to think outside the box and use less common words, it automatically boosts our um, ability to get our emails open because it's different. It's interesting. We're using words that other people didn't use. Um, Something else you probably want to avoid is using too many symbols or too many emojis, all of those kinds of things, all caps, Um, anything that's making it seem like you're trying to stand out will end you up in the spam filter. So, you can do all of those things. You can follow the the guide and not use the words, the 350 words that are in the spam guide, and you can do all the things right. And still, your emails can end up in the spam folder for one reason or another. Some Some that we'll be talking about today and some we'll be talking about next week. And so then what? What do you do? because you're there and your people can't find you. And if they don't open that email, they don't open your um, first email, then the likelihood of them seeing additional emails is slim to none. And so there are a few things you can do. And the number one thing you can do is to train your subscribers from the get-go. Well, how can you do that? They haven't opened your email. Well, this is where you get creative and innovative. More often than not, Email service providers like ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, all of those things. When someone fills out a form for your free download, your free guide, whatever your free training, whatever you're signing people up for to build your email list, they will automatically send them a thank you message that just says, hey, thanks for signing up, we got your form. And it's usually just a little box that pops up on the screen and most people will just use that default option. But what you can do instead is create a thank you page on your website that is personalized. And I highly recommend this. And I actually recommend creating one for every download you have simply because when you have that thank you page, one, you can track to make sure people are getting to the end piece of that funnel. Are they getting to the end result of 
making it to the thank you page, the form is working okay, and you can figure out if something's broken along the path. But two, you know if they've reached that thank you page that they've successfully opted in. And you can compare that to the results you're seeing in your, say, email service provider or your website conversions or any other tool you might be using. And if they've made it to the thank you page, chances are pretty high they've made it all the way through your funnel. And so it's a good way to ensure that people are getting all the way through and that there's not a hiccup along the way or something's going wrong. And so that's the number one. But number two is if you have a personalized thank you page set up, you have the opportunity to start training your subscribers. And so there are several ways to do this. The number one way is to create a video. Now, not everybody is going to have the time or the opportunity to watch your thank you video, but what it does when you have that video on there is one, it enables you to put your face and your voice in front of them, building trust and authority so that they realize you're not, they're not just a number. They actually have a, a video from you and you've come on and you've welcomed them and let them know what's going to happen next and all of that kind of stuff. Now, if they're at work and they've signed up for your freebie because they're looking for a new job, for example, they're not going to watch your video. They're at work. They're going to get in trouble. So what I recommend is having whatever's in the video also to the side of the video typed out in some scannable way so they can quickly get the grasp of what to do next. Some important key things you should put there next to that video. Number one, confirmation of what they've signed up for. So if it's a freebie about getting your new career, uh, 2022 career guide, best careers to go into, then you want to say, Hey, your guide, you have successfully signed up for the 2022 career guide. And then you want to tell them the next thing they can expect. So the next thing you can expect is you should get an email in your inbox from us that, uh, has your guide in it. If you, um, so that's number one. Number two, if you don't have that guide, here are some places you can look for it. Spam, promotions, trash, any other folders you can think of. Those are the three biggies. If, you're, if the email happens to be there, here's some ways to ensure that our future emails don't go there. Drag that email into your inbox if you're on Gmail. Add us as a trusted contact to your email contacts and um, you can put the email address that your emails come from. So if it's, you know, info at your whatever it might be, if you want to, or if they have seen the email, they can just copy the email from the email, the email address from the email that you've sent them and add that as a contact. And then the last piece of that puzzle is to say, if for some reason you didn't get this email, contact us at support, you know, click this email, send us an email and let us know. And we will ensure that you get your guide stat. And so if you are a entrepreneur and you don't have a team, you need to watch out for those emails so that you can follow up with those people right away. If they don't get, um, the asset that you pro promise them, because if you don't, then you've dropped the ball and you're already, your trust level is already falling and we don't want that. And so those are the things that you will 
want uh, to have on that thank you page. And then I always recommend have another call to action, like connect with you on LinkedIn, for example, or um, if you have a community, like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group community, ask them to join the community, something like that. Give them one additional call to action to keep them engaged and to train them to keep taking action when you're interacting with them. And so um, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works better than not doing it at all. And so by training your subscribers to look for your emails, initially, you're setting the foundation for them to start thinking about your emails coming through on an ongoing basis. You've set a firm foundation that says, hey, I care about you. I want to make sure you get what you've signed up for. And here's some ways that we can make sure that happens. And most people won't go the extra mile to do that because it's one extra thing you have to do. You have to go in there and set that up. You have to create a video and most people won't do it. They're, they want the quick and easy flash in the pan. Here's your message. Now, I don't use MailChimp. Um, If you've been on the podcast for a while, you probably know that. I use ConvertKit. It works great for entrepreneurs. It has a really friendly price point. um, And it has a lot of functionality without being overwhelming. So um, I will include a link to ConvertKit um, in the show notes. It is my affiliate link. It does not cost you anything extra to click on that, but they do pay me a small commission if you do sign up for an account. Um, but normally they have a promotion of some sort. So I will make sure that the link, if you're interested in email service provider for that, for the most recent promotion is in, in the show notes for this episode over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. All of that to say about ConvertKit is that I don't know if MailChimp gives you the option to set up a separate thank you page because I do not use them. Uh, But I do know that ConvertKit offers you the opportunity to redirect traffic to a thank you page on your website. And those thank you pages should not be difficult to set up if you have a web designer that you work with. they should be able to just set up a template or something that you can replicate if you have multiple free downloads. So all of that being said, I know you can do it in ConvertKit. I would assume you can do it in MailChimp. I don't use that, Um, but I know in both ActiveCampaign and ConvertKit, you have the opportunity to redirect people to a thank you page. So setting up that thank you page definitely takes a little bit more effort, but is effort that will pay off in the long term because number one, you are setting the foundation for your new subscriber to um, know what to expect from you. And as you're giving them those instructions and you're starting to train them on how it looks to do business with you, you're building authority, you're building integrity, and you're showing you mean business. A lot of people won't go through the effort of setting up that thank you page. They'll just use the message that automatically goes with um, your email service provider and That is a unfortunate circumstance of ease of use. But when you go the extra mile and you show them that you mean business, you you act in integrity, you're gonna go the extra mile, you are building authority and trust with them from that moment. And then the likelihood, because you have given them the exact steps of what to expect um, and you have shared with them your professionalism, the likelihood that they will look forward to your emails in the upcoming future is much higher versus a email that 
just, you know, they fill out a form, it goes to a thank you message that pops up and then say the email doesn't get to them because it's in the spam folder. They're going to think, well, that guy's a flake or that girl's a flake because I never even got what I signed up for. And so things happen and emails go to spam. (laughs) That's just part of life. And as long as um, we have poor sales and marketing people out there who who ruin it for the rest of us, um, we have to do our best to overcome the the poor reputation <laughs> and going the extra mile and getting to know your subscribers um, pays off in the end. So it's totally worth it. It's a little bit more effort, but what I'm trying to say is when you train your subscribers, it's more than a one-time gig. You're giving them, you're setting the foundation of, of what it looks like to work with you, your professionalism, your integrity, but it's also setting the foundation for them to know exactly what to do when you continue to email them, you pitch them your promotions, you want to sell them your stuff, you are giving them specific instructions of how to act and what to expect. And that is more than 90% of what other um, coaches and people out in the industry will do, because it's easy to just go with the um, default message. So go the extra mile, number two, and start training your subscribers right up front because it's a long-term game. And um, especially with email, you're not most often not going to get immediate sales from people that have signed up for a lead magnet or joined your email list. It's a longer term game. They have to get to know you and it takes a little bit longer because it's your words and not you in their inbox. So go in with rights expectations too. And then number three is when you're delivering email content, deliver really good stuff. Like whatever your competitors are doing, 10X your effort, 10X their effort, and it will show up in the inbox. And what is beneficial about that is that people then start to look forward to your emails. They talk to their friends and family about your emails. They share your emails. And then all of a sudden you see um, exponential growth on your email list in people being interested in your services in your reputation growing, in your brand growing, all of the things. And be okay with making mistakes because nobody gets this 100% right all of the time. But when you can nail it and you can put really valuable content and information out to your audience, you become the expert and you become an authority and you become the person they remember. And that's the most important part is that email is your opportunity to show up consistently every single week in front of the people that you want to work with. Is that going to be everybody that signs up for your email list? No. Is it going to be everybody all the time? No, because people are at different stages on their journey for not only shopping for services, purchasing services, or even knowing if they need your services. But when you show up consistently and you show up in the inbox and you're constantly there with value and with a go-giver attitude, when it comes time for them to make a purchasing decision or when it comes time for someone they know to make a purchasing decision, guess whose name floats to the top? Yours. But that is the effort most people don't want to take. They want a magical email marketing pill. And um, there is no magical pill. (laughs) Like 
spoiler alert, no magical pill. You have to put in the effort, you have to do your work, and you have to make your stuff better than what your competitors are doing. And a lot of people think, oh, I've got to come up with something creative for this, and then I got to write a blog post. And I'm here to tell you that yes, you have to create content um, that is valuable to your audience. But that content you can also repurpose because if you've heard me say it before on this podcast, if you haven't, if you're new, marketing is simply an exercise in memorization. It's getting people to remember you at the right time so that when they purchase or they're ready to purchase, your name floats to the top, like I just said. And so what is helpful about creating that content is thinking about it from the perspective of how can you create a conversation with these people on your list who are so important to you and important to your business? How do you create a conversation with them that gets them to engage, gets them to take action, gets them to share, gets them to talk about you? And so one of the episodes I recently did on the podcast was all about creating those conversations. So if you are looking for that, um, go and look for the episode Art of Spiritual Conversations, creating the art of creating um, spiritual conversations. I will link to it in the show notes. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find those for this episode at elisaconnor.com forward slash 130. And I will link that episode. Um, but that'll get you started. But when you start creating those conversations, and the key is, is being consistent. That's the other key to this is if you have to stay in front of your people, consistently. So whether that's every week, um, I have some people that do it every month, some people that do it every day, you kind of have to find the sweet spot for your audience. Weekly is a good guide. If you can show up once a week in their inbox and provide value to them and get them thinking and um, start, you know, using some of those conversation starters, you're going to start seeing traction. So let me give you a couple of examples of people that did this wrong. Because um, my favorite thing is getting emails from people who have hired marketing companies who don't know what the hell they're doing. And I can tell right away when they've hired somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. And so, um, for example, I had uh, a former client who's a realtor and she and I did some work together and realtors are a different breed. They um, will fight you on every piece of marketing advice you ever give them simply because they are programmed by their brokerage to use the marketing tools available to them under the brokerage. Well, those are a one size fit all marketing solution. And more often than not, they don't work. And you will find that the top brokers actually go, yeah, that's great. And then they go do their own thing because they don't um, see the traction and they don't find the benefit using the all-in-one solution. So this gal had hired me, this is many, many years ago. And she's delightful, she's a nice lady, but I can see she's struggling. And I can see that because I see the things she's putting money into for marketing. And it's very easy for me to follow it because I know what I'm looking for. And I got an email um, the first email I got was to an email address I didn't give to her. And so I'm not sure how she found it. I don't know if it was like she went back and 
found a personal email, but it's not an email I would give out to be on an email list. It was a personal email. And I got the email and immediately, I haven't talked to her in probably four years, maybe five. And immediately she dives into, let me help you with your real estate needs. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm not looking for a house. I haven't talked to you in four years. And I have like 12 other realtors that would be in line ahead of you. And so it was just such a sour taste. Well, then it continued like the next, and I knew it wasn't from her because it was so um, programmed. (laughs) It was just like a form letter that somebody said, here, just take this and plug in this, this, and this. And that's exactly what it looked like. And it was all about her experience and how many years she's been doing it and how great she is and, and nobody cares. Like I didn't care, nobody else cares. And so it probably went right into the spam. And then the other piece of that, um, that we'll probably dive into a little bit deeper next week, but there was no way to unsubscribe. There was no unsubscribe button. And so I didn't want any more emails. One, because it was going to an email address that I didn't give her and that I don't give out regularly. And two, because I haven't heard from her. There was no consistency. I hadn't gotten an email from her ever, unless it was an email relating to a networking group we were in. And I'm definitely not thinking about her for real estate because one, I'm not thinking about selling my house. And two, I have other people that I have kept in contact with that were either clients or other um, that are higher at the list because they've stayed in touch with me. And so that is example number one. And the example number two is I was formerly, I've done a lot of networking in my career. I had my own networking group. I've been in BNI, eWomen, uh, I don't know, tons of groups. I can't even tell you. I've been in a ton of groups, uh, chambers, all the things. And um, one of the networking groups, which will be uh, remain unnamed, um, has some people in it that will go through the list of the people that are on uh, that are members and take their email addresses. And then they just start emailing them. And there's a couple of people in particularly who have, um, I don't know if they're coaching programs necessarily. They're more like a workshop. Like you go and there's, it's like a one day workshop. And I can always tell when they're getting ready to open their program because I will not have heard from these people in months, maybe even a year. Like during COVID, I didn't hear from any of them. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a text, I'm getting emailed, I'm getting phone calls because they want me to sign up for their event. And I was like, too little, too late. And so I tell you these stories because when you don't put forth the effort to stay consistent in your email marketing or your marketing in general, people are not going to remember. They're not sitting around waiting for you to market to them. And so if you forget about them, they forget about you. And that happens more often than not. I don't have a percentage, but it's high. Like I would say 90% of entrepreneurs will not put forth the effort to be consistent. And that is why they are not where they want to be with their sales and with their results. And so even if you don't have the gumption to put out an email every week and you don't know what to say, put your best foot forward and do it. Because a lot of creating emails and writing emails and getting emails in front of people is just about showing up and doing the work. And you will get better at it and your emails will get better and your writing will get better, your headlines will get better and people will start to recognize the person behind the writing. 
And so um, that, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I thought that was really important to share with you because I think a lot of people don't want to be consistent and they don't want to create good content because it's scary and it's hard to put new things out there. Um, but you doing that on a regular basis is going to make you stand out from all of the other people out there that are doing what you do. So those are the three tips. I promised you a bonus, and this is kind of a tech bonus, but it's important. Um, when you're including things like attachments or documents, or you, you know, for example, your freebie, you don't want to attach your, your freebie to the email as an attachment. And you don't want to add videos or things that make it really hard for your email to download because one, most people open email on a mobile device. And so they can't download those attachments easily. It takes extra time and most people just won't do it. Um, and two, it slows down. It, it, it triggers. Um, that's where I was going with this is not only is it a pain for the end user, but it also, when you have attachments and big images and videos and things like that in your email, it triggers the spam filter. And we don't want that. We want to get your email in front of eyeballs so that they can open it, read it and move on to the next piece of your funnel. And so anytime you can add a link to your video on, hosted on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever you have that hosted or add a link to the attachment, which you can upload to your website or, um, there's some other options you can do too, but it should really be on your website or Amazon in a secure environment. Not going down a rabbit hole there, but um, just include the link rather than including the actual item. So um, anyways, thanks for sticking with me. I know that was a lot to absorb. There was a lot of content that was meaty in this episode, but I think it's really important for uh, entrepreneurs specifically now, because there's so many online options out there, you need to find a way to differentiate yourself. And the big way to do that is gonna be showing up consistently because most people just won't do it. They want the easy way out. They want the magical you know, put your course online and make a million dollars just by magic. And it, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to put in the effort and you've got to uh, take the initiative to show up differently and to show up as a resource to the people that you want to work with because they're choosing you for a reason. And the way you show up initially is going to be the way you show up consistently throughout the, the relationship. And I have many people that end up being clients of mine simply because they've worked with other marketers who promised them the sky and the moon and then delivered nothing. And it was, to say the least, disappointing, but it also um, makes it harder for me to do my, you know, it makes it harder for me to get them on board with what I can do for them because they have a sour taste in their mouth. So the sooner we can alleviate those doubts and those fears by showing up with integrity in everything we do, the quicker they're going to say yes. So that's what I've got for you this week. I'm just going to recap those three key points in the bonus. So you have them um, in case you're taking notes, don't have to take notes. They're over on the uh, website. But just as a quick recap, number one, you want to avoid spam and uh, trigger words. And you can grab the free guide at elisaconnor.com forward slash 350 words, 350 words. And um, that'll give you 350 words to avoid to uh, that are considered spammy. 
And number two, you wanna train your subscribers via your thank you page. And number three, you wanna deliver really good content consistently. And last but not least is don't add any extras. Don't put any sprinkles in your email. Just add what's necessary and you'll have a greater chance of staying out of the spam folder. So that's it for this week. I will see you next week. In the meantime, be well, take care, and go and grab that guide. There's two guides. One is the 350 words guide, and the other one is if you're struggling with writing your email welcome sequence, go grab the email guide. And all of those are linked over in the show notes, show notes at elisaconner.com forward slash 130 for this episode. I'll see you soon. In the meantime, take care. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.